see where it takes us today, okay? So if you just want to close your eyes, church. Father, I just want to pray this morning that you will reveal a fresh creation in us, that you will give me the words to help us understand the scripture. But Lord, we want to come to you this morning and rejoice in the name of Jesus about this great and trading place story that has taken place. It's the greatest story we've ever heard, Father. And we want to rejoice in the new creation. In your mighty name, amen. You see, in order to understand Resurrection Sunday and Easter Sunday, in order for there to be a resurrection, there needs to be a death. In order for there to be a death, there needs to be life. In order for there to be a life, there needs to be a purpose. And my first point, I'm just going to kind of look at all those, the purpose, the life, the death, and how we can rejoice today about his resurrection. So as I move on to the first point, I just want you to turn to your neighbor and I just want you to say to them, trading places. I want you to turn to your other neighbor and say, but not with you. Not with you. You see, we, we can all relate to this example where we're desperate to trade places. We're seeking for someone to switch in our situations, but sometimes it just doesn't happen. And I'll give you an example. It's what I'm calling the Easter of 2000. My dad had promised my brother and I that if we painted the back fence of the garden, that he would buy us not one, but two PlayStation games. So, of course, as a 13-year-old boy, I was like, well, not one, but two. Definitely, Dad, I'll paint it. I've got two weeks of my holidays. I'll paint that fence. So we drove down, bought the computer games. We then went past B&Q. And my dad's one of those dads that when he sees a, a kind of yellow ticket that says, reduction or for sale, he falls for it. So he bought the biggest kind of pot of paint for painting this back fence. I could have painted the whole street if I wanted to. It was huge. So anyway, we agreed to do that. We got home. That afternoon, I was playing football with my brother. And my brother ended up breaking his arm. But the first thing I thought was, not that I was thankful that I didn't break my arm, but I thought, I'm going to have to paint this fe the fence myself. So anyway, we went home, I started to paint the fence, as I said, and my brother's room looks onto the garden, and I could see him, even though he broke his arm, he's still playing those computer games. He's looking down on me, and I was so angry, I turned around in frustration, and this huge bucket of paint, I kicked it over by mistake, and it just rolled down the garden, and to this day, it has just dissolved the grass. It, it doesn't grow back. It has just destroyed it. And I remember looking up at my brother and going, oh, trade places with me, please, trade places with me. And you know, it was such a simple thing. And we all have been in that situation where there's just one or two things that have happened. It could even be going to an exam. It could be going to the dentist. It can be silly things like that. But all you want to do is trade places with someone. And you see, we've just read there about a man with leprosy. We've just read there that he came to Jesus and he was imploring. He was down on his knees. He was begging. He risked his whole life just to go and see Jesus that day. And you see, the thing with leprosy is it's not just a skin disease. It literally is a sign of death. With leprosy, what happens is you get these ulcers. Your skin begins to flake. It's from your face, your arms, your legs. Your upper lips get swollen, so no longer can you talk. You become like a speech impediment. You see, what happens is 
when you read the scripture, you start to realize that people with leprosy were made to be complete outcasts. They were told that they were no longer allowed to have relationship with their family. So in their family sense, they were made the outcast. In society, which is over here, anyone with leprosy, outcast. They were completely isolated from everyone. They actually made specific areas in the towns that were outside the town so that they were completely away from them. It says in Leviticus 13, 43 to 44, those with leprosy shall wear torn clothes and let their hair of their heads hang loose. You see, they had to hang their hair loose and long so it covered their face because nobody wanted to see them. And it said, he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, I am unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean, he shall live alone, and his dwelling place shall be outside of the camp. I just want you to stop and think for a minute about what this actually is symbolizing in the Bible. What is this symbolizing in the Easter message? And of course, the answer is sin. This illustration is representing the fact that just like the man with leprosy was an outcast to society, an outcast spiritually, he wasn't allowed in the temples, he was an outcast emotionally, physically, completely isolated. When sin came into the world, we had isolation from God. You see, Adam brought sin into the world and we were separated. And it says in Genesis 3, 7 to 10, Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to them, Where are you? He answered, I, hidden, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. You see, in that instance, after they had ate the apple, they knew that they, had the, they were scared from God. They knew they had sin in their life. And all of a sudden, just like the man with leprosy, they were made outcasts. We were completely isolated from God. And you see, I just want to do an illustration this morning. Because you see what happened is, you have Adam, you have me, and you have you. And you see, the Bible says that we were created in God's image. But then what happened is, sin was introduced. So you see, And when sin was introduced, it completely took over Adam's life. It completely separated him from God. And as a result, as it says in Romans, that for, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Therefore, we are all separated. We're all born into a sinful world. So we're all separated from God because it says all unrighteousness 
is sin. Our unrighteousness has separated us from God, and therefore all sin is leading to death. Sounds pretty dramatic, church, doesn't it? Sounds pretty disappointing. But what I've created there is I've created the purpose. I've created the purpose. I want you to turn to your neighbor and I want you to say, trading places. And I want you to turn to another neighbor and I want you to say, yeah, baby. You've, you've got to put the accent, it's got to be, yeah, baby. Because you see, sometimes in life when you want to trade places, sometimes it actually, it works. Sometimes things go your way. And I remember one situation, Hannah and I used to be involved in running the Toasty Bar at the Christian Union through in Stirling. And we used to leave to go to get all the, the kind of the bread and all the stuff for the, the toasties so the students can help themselves. And one day we were about to get in the car and there was, there was three of us, Hannah and one of our friends and myself, I was in the back. And the friend said to me, she clearly knew that we liked each other. So she said to me, do you want to trade places? And I was like, yeah, baby, I want to be in the front seat next to Hannah. So, but sometimes trades go our way. And you see, even though it was just such a simple thing, I was just rejoicing in the fact that I got to trade. So could you imagine what this man with leprosy was feeling when he was desperate, on his knees, begging for someone, begging for someone? He knew he was so sick, he was isolated from society. He was begging for someone to take his place. He was asking for that greatest trade-off that anyone could do. But you see, it didn't make a difference how much anyone tried to help him. The law clearly stated that if anyone approached a man with leprosy and touched him, they would be isolated too. It was an infectious disease. For as one man sinned, we have all sinned. We can't earn our way to heaven. And just like the leopard, nobody could help him. The law made that clear. But then it says in Corinthians 15, verse 21 to 22, For since death came through one man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through one man. For as Adam has sinned, so has Christ made us all alive. You see, through one man, we get new life. Through one man, the leopard had this opportunity to be cleansed. You see, it doesn't say that Jesus just healed him. It says he cleansed him. He completely restored him. He gave him new life. He gave him new opportunity. He gave him a chance to go back into society where he was cut off from and completely isolated. He could now enter into freely. And it says that on the cross, God had sent his one and only son. He'd sent Jesus. He'd sent Jesus to be the living sacrifice. And the thing is, he wasn't just the living sacrifice for Adam. He wasn't just the living sacrifice for me. The Bible says in 1 John 
2, verse 2, that he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, not only for ours, but the sins of the whole world. So everyone sins. You see, it may be your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, or even those that you've never met before, but God knows they're coming. He sent Jesus to take that place on the cross, so all sin is within him. And you see, we need to get that inheritance back from God. We needed that to be restored. So what happens is when he goes on the cross, our unrighteousness for his righteousness, what happened was the blood of Jesus, I couldn't get a red ball, so just imagine this is red. <laughs> the blood of Jesus came. And when the blood of Jesus came, what happened was it was poured out. And it says in Isaiah 1.18, that come now, let's settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. It says, though they are red as crimson, they shall look like wool. Because you see, he sent his one and only son to die on that cross so our sins would be completely gone. So that, that isolation that we had, that feeling of being an outcast that we live under, we can now rejoice in the fact that we have relationship. The greatest trade-off has ever happened. See, I want you to turn to your neighbor and I want you to say, trade in places. And I want you to turn to your other neighbor and say, it has already happened. It has already happened. You see, it says in Mark 1.40 that after Jesus had touched the man and cleansed him, Jesus said, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go and show yourself to the priest. When I read that, I thought it was quite an unusual thing to say. Don't tell anyone, but go and see the priest. But you see, this man with leprosy was living under the law. The law clearly stated, as I've said, that he's an outcast, so therefore he couldn't do anything. Even though he was healed, he had to go and see the priest. The law stated that go and see the priest and tell him so that you could be allowed back into the temple. But you see, I think there's two reasons Jesus touched the man, because he's above the law. Jesus didn't just say, Jesus could have stood there and just said to the man, be healed and not touched him. But Jesus touched him for two reasons. I believe for two reasons anyway. The first one was because Jesus was above the law. Jesus was under the law of God. And the second was because Jesus understands our circumstances. You see, Jesus knew that this man had been so isolated from family. He probably hadn't been physically touched. He probably hadn't been emotionally touched. Jesus knew that he had to touch this man to bring him back, to bring him back into that relationship. And you see, we can feel like that sometimes when we live our lives under the law. When we surround ourselves by sin, we can feel guilt, we can feel anger, we can feel fear. 
But the good news this Resurrection Sunday is we've got an opportunity not to. We've got an opportunity that our lives that we feel are surrounded by sin can be like this. It can be clear. It can be as white as snow. That's what the Bible tells us. We can be accepted into relationship with God once again. See, it says in 2 Corinthians verse 5, 21, He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, that we might become righteousness. So our unrighteousness has now been switched for his righteousness, his righteousness in God. And you see what happens is he knew no sin. So even when sin tries to enter, it does nothing. It does absolutely nothing. And I could keep on adding that, and sin will never impact it. It will remain as pure and as white as snow because God has accepted the sacrifice that his son made on the cross for me and for all of you. Every single one of you in this room, every single one of us outside this church needs to know that good news, that God has accepted the living sacrifice for us. I think that deserves a round of applause, church. You see, it says the Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of our sins will be preached in his name, preached in the outer streets. It says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he died, yet shall live, and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Church, do we believe that this morning? Do we believe that this morning? Because you see, just like this man with leprosy, he needed new life. You and I, we need new life. We need the resurrection life. And that's what this Easter Sunday reflects. And one of the greatest things that we can do to reflect that, we're going to share this morning. And that's going to be communion. Because you see, it says in John 6 that whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And it says, I will raise him up on the last day. Because church, our spiritual food is Jesus Christ. And you see, the Lord's Supper is a picture of this, that whoever eats of my flesh and drinks my blood shall remain in me and I in him. And we show that, and we show that we live in Christ. We show that we want to have this in our lives by celebrating over communion. Because you see, if you ask me, everything we do, yesterday when I celebrated Dunfermline and win the league, I celebrated by having a meal. When we go to birthday parties, what do we do? We have a meal. When we go to weddings, we have a meal. Even when we go to funerals to celebrate somebody's life, we have a meal. Everything we do is centered around the table. And you see this morning, I want to ask you, church, if we could just prepare for communion just now. I just want to ask you, church, that you will just take a moment to reflect on the purpose, on the life, on the death, but more importantly, on the resurrection of Jesus on this Easter Sunday.
because it says, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this, uh, this cup, we are proclaiming the Lord's death until he returns. And you know, church, I just want to ask, we're just going to play a song, and it's got some lyrics on it. I just want you to ponder that great trade-off story, that the trade-offs happened, that no longer are we living in sin, but we're living in this resurrected life, this new opportunity. Every one of us has this new opportunity. And this morning, we're just going to share communion. We're just going to think about that, and I'm going to pop back up. So if we just play that video, and if we could just all stand to our feet and just start slowly making our way up to communion when you feel you're ready to go.
Take your time. You know, when you get back to your seat, just keep the song going, guys. Just a few more minutes just now, okay? Just take this time in your own seat just to reflect on the new life that God's given us. And don't worry, we're going to go out with our song. We're going to go out with a resurrection song. So just take your time, guys. 